Hello and welcome to Soldier's Podcast, episode number 121. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. Uh, and uh, it's a beautiful Wednesday, which means, of course, we have missed all the great headlines that will be happening tomorrow. As for normal. Yes. <laughs> You have me to thank for it. I accept full responsibility. And you can send your hate mail to Zook at StolenDroids.com. Oh, thanks. Uh, (laughs) Before we get started, we do need to say a shout-out to our wonderful sponsors. Uh, Shout-out to TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, and Stitcher.com. We also have a treat for you this week. Instead of our normal talking point, we have an interview with Dan Farr from SaltLakeComicCon.com. Well, Salt Lake Comic Con in general. We've been talking about this for weeks now. Uh, If you want tickets, make sure to uh, head on over to SaltLakeComicCon.com. Buy your tickets now. He actually made an announcement today. This interview we had with him was on Monday, so a couple days ago. An announcement's been made today that they have opened up new day uh, Sunday, sorry Saturday only passes. They doubled the size that they're actually going to be using for convention space, which allowed the fire marshal to add more. Yeah, so if you want to get in, you know, never mind the Saturday only. Get the three-day pass. Get the VIP pass. It is a steal. Head on over to SaltLakeComicCon.com. Buy your tickets today. Don't be left out. Uh, we have a correction to do from last week. Uh, during our fast lane, I think it was Schmitty who said it, uh, there was bringing up the, the issue of the fake Asian names uh, that KTVU announced when they were giving the pilots names from the uh, Asiatic Airlines crash and it was just those fake Chinese names that anyone older than seven could have seen were fake. Something Wong. <laughs> Something Wong, We Too Low, Holy Fook. Um, and I'm not swearing so I can keep the family rating. No, he, he didn't swear at all. <laughs> well, but- okay, so more details have come out from that. And, Stark, you were the first one to bring this up, but you brought it up before yeah. even more details came out. Yeah, basically what we found out is that the uh, television station did produce the names, but the intern that confirmed them was from the National Transportation Safety Board, not from KTVU like we had reported. So right. we're just making a correction on that. And we also found out today that uh, the airline, Asiatic, they're actually dropping their lawsuit against KTVU because they wanted to put their resources towards helping the victims. Which is probably wise to do. But yeah, KTVU got a quote-unquote trusted source who evidently was making a joke. They didn't catch that it was a joke. They tried to confirm the names with the NTSB, an intern who was in no way authorized to give names because the NTSB doesn't give the names of pilots involved in a crash, confirmed them evidently without saying them out loud. They said, okay, it's been confirmed, it was given, we're going to say this on the air now. And this means that it had to have gone through at least, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight adults with the ability to hear and say things out loud, and it didn't trigger with any of them that it was a joke. What was interesting is that the Los Angeles station was actually ripping on the San Francisco station for doing this, not realizing that someone was going to pull up the exact same thing happening at their station from just a couple months earlier. So, (laughs) whoops. People, if you are reading from a teleprompter, have the... uh uh, have the foresight to actually read ahead. Anyway, we need to move on to our headlines. We just wanted to cover that little correction from last week because we usually don't. We 
feel we kind of owed it to you this time. Um, yes. So, out of nowhere, BlackBerry may have launched their new flagship phone without really telling anyone. And this is different how? Well, because normally they launch any old phone, tell everyone like it's the next big thing, and it's nothing. But this one actually has the hardware specs to boot. It's called the A10. It looks a lot like the Z10 that Zoner and I played with uh, down at the New Media Expo. It's named after a bomber plane? Yes. <laughs> it's not a bomber plane. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a ground attack tank plane. killer. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a tank, tank killer. killer. It's, it's my favorite airplane, actually. The Warthog. It's yeah. decidedly <laughs> ugly, too. Uh, the plane, that is. The phone actually looks quite nice. Uh, it has a huge screen. It has a massively fast CPU. Uh, it still runs BlackBerry, so that's all moot. But, yeah, it's been shown off in a leaked video. It's been leaked online everywhere. Uh, Was it left in a bar? <laughs> no, they they didn't apple it. Did Does it come with BlackBerry 5, maybe 7? <laughs> I wonder if you can downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate this, I can't run flat. I hate this BlackBerry 10 ever since they took away the start button. Just give me my old BlackBerry 7. Thanks, BlackBerry. Sound familiar, Windows users? Hmm. Uh, but so there's that. Whether or not we actually hear anything, whether or not it actually does anything, who knows? We're just telling you. Uh, Apple and Samsung have had a whole bunch of lawsuits, you will remember us saying. Uh, unless, of course, you've been on Mars for the last two years. Uh, they've been suing each other back and forth into oblivion, which was kind of a problem because Samsung actually provided all of the components for Apple products. Apple then tried to drop Samsung and say, well, we're going to go with a Taiwanese manufacturer instead. We're dropping Samsung. We're bringing it all in-house. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> Except there was a reason why they went with Samsung in the first place, and it was because Samsung provides better chips, faster, and cheaper. And they invented a brand new, I think, 15 nanometer CPU process ahead of schedule. And so Apple is going back to Samsung and trying to settle many of their lawsuits. <laughs> I wonder if this is why we reported last week some of the lawsuits being settled, too. Probably. I think a lot of these companies are finally, finally realizing what many people, including us, have been saying all along. It's expensive to maintain a lawsuit, especially a, a frivolous one. All you're doing in the end is, is souring relations with a lot of business partners. You're kind of crapping where you eat, as it were. And it's costing you thousands, if not millions of dollars a day just to maintain this charade. Well, it just... Is that why a lot of them settle before the actual trial? Yeah. Yeah, and just think of how awkward it's got to be when you go into that next sales presentation and you're trying to sell the next biggest chip to your customer and you're embroiled in a bitter lawsuit or 12 with them. You know... <laughs> Tell you what, if you buy 5 million units of this new CPU, we won't sue you for it. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> just just think of how horrible that's got to be. I would hate to be in that situation as a sales guy or as a as a company rep or anything where you've got to go out and the person that you're trying to do business with is suing you. I mean, that's just that's a bad situation to put anybody in. Yeah, it's hard to keep up customer relations. <laughs> Imagine your worst family holiday made ten times worse. Oh. <laughs> um, speaking of other mobile phones and uh, frivolous lawsuits, HTC and Sony teamed up together to fight a patent troll, and guess what? They won. Yay! 
this patent troll called Wylan um, was suing them for different radio frequencies they use, and they fought back, and they won. And what's really funny is that the patent troll um, said, well, we're disappointed uh, in this. However, you know what? It's okay, because we're still going after... Uh, I forget who else, but they listed off everyone else they're suing at the same time, proving, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, they didn't actually care about this lawsuit. They don't feel grievously injured. This wasn't a personal insult on them. They're just trying to cash out. This one didn't pan out, so they're waiting for the next ones to pan out instead. Kind of a shotgun effect, huh? Exactly. Yep. Drop as many lawsuits as you can in rapid succession, see who pays out. I think we all so call that extortion. Well, I'm noticing the article here that this one was also handled in Texas. Wasn't that where the other uh, patent troll was smacked around? Was it down there in Texas? You're right. Yeah, you're right. And that's where previously patent trolls have been going to because Texas was so lenient with them. So I wonder if maybe the Texas judicial system is tired of being the butt of everyone's jokes and decide to shape up. I don't know. I didn't think Texas was lenient with anyone. I mean, gun owners, they're pretty lenient with gun owners. But Texas is, I mean, that's like cowboy state. So they should be, <laughs> but don't they have a, an electric chair down there called old Sparky or is that Florida? But I mean, Texas is lenient. So, I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm glad to see that they're starting to crack down on these patent trolls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it definitely uh, helps everyone when uh, a bit of common sense is used with these patent trolls. And again, we, we brought up, I think, two weeks ago, that little bit of legislation that the White House is trying to push through that you cannot, or the FTC actually is trying to push through, that you can't claim uh, patent infringement unless your company has an actual consumer presence in the U.S. Was it the U.S. or was it the market? Uh, it's in the U.S. Doesn't U.S. patent law only apply to U.S.? I guess it would only, well. You know what? You're right. I screwed that up and I apologize. It was the ITC. It was the International Trade Commission who was trying to rule that like, for instance, if you're trying to claim copyright infringement or patent infringement in Germany, but your company doesn't exist in Germany, they're going to throw out the the lawsuit. So all these That's patent good. trolls that are simply a P.O. box somewhere in, in Texas uh, don't really get to win anymore. I love that. Patent trolls need to go down hard. Make them <laughs> cry. Um. A little bit of a kind of egg on face happened to Verizon this week when it turned out that their Wi-Fi at home, uh, this is a router they have that allows you to make calls over Wi-Fi using a Verizon handset, can be hacked, turning it into a mobile spy center. Hackers then have access to pretty much everything you do through the router, which is to say everything you do online. And that's not even that hard to do. Well, it's it's interesting, too, because once this was called to their attention, they, oh, yeah, well, we fixed the bug. But then they come out and they're like, but it's not just us. 30 other carriers also have this issue. Verizon, didn't anyone ever tell you no one likes a tattler? Especially the NSA. <laughs> now, see, the way Verizon could have handled this and should have, um, because y- you're right. They basically said, oh, yeah, thanks for bringing that to our attention. We already knew. We just fixed it. 
they should have been the one that said, hey, by the way, we're sorry, but we've noticed that there's a vulnerability in this. We've taken it care of, we've taken care of it for Verizon subscribers, but it's also present in other service providers. And if you are one of those people, you can either come onto our service or you may want to contact your service provider. It's always best to get out ahead of these things, people. I, I think it's probably best to just never even get involved with it. But what do yeah. I know? I'm just a, I'm just a second rate podcaster. Uh, you're second and a half rate. We're moving up from three. <laughs> um, <laughs> vulnerabilities happen. You know, they happen to everyone. And we're glad to see if Verizon fixed it. I just wish they hadn't tried to throw someone else under the bus to do it. Exactly. But that's Verizon. Hey, speaking of the NSA, the uh, the FIFA, the Foreign Intelligence Something Act, uh, is a secret document. It's a secret act that gets put on people uh, through different companies, rather, and forces them to hand over information. This is what happened to Microsoft. It happened to Facebook. It happened to Google, Yahoo. Well, Yahoo, surprisingly brought to the court's attention that they want to be able to show how they fought PRISM and the NSA from going into effect. They actually fought it. However, they had been under a gag order by the government. They couldn't say anything about it. How do you prove that you fought a classified uh, initiative without revealing that a classified initiative exists? Well, FIFA itself, surprisingly, convinced the FIFC, which is the secret court that the NSA uses, to allow them to put out documents that they did fight PRISM. They lost. How much is this going to be redacted? Uh, a lot of it. A whole lot of it. However, uh, it I think it says something just that they fought it, that they didn't want to go along with it. They did everything they could to to fight it. Hot on the heels of that, turns out Microsoft has had some pretty bad stories published about it this week, saying that they went along with it, they gave unprecedented access, they actually suggested new ways that the NSA could monitor people, and Microsoft hasn't been able to deny it because they're under the same classified gag order, and so they're appealing to the Attorney General to allow them to also uh, release documents that say that they fought it too. How far do you think this whole NSA prison thing is going to go? I mean, it's out in the open now, but... I think it's already gone pretty much everywhere. I think... I think it's going to be a lot like Sopa Pippa. I think a lot of people are going to raise a stink about it right now. Um, it's going to be drawn back. Fewer and fewer agencies are going to be referring to it. Oh, you're right. You're right. We shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't have done it. We won't do it anymore. But give it five, ten years, it's in effect under a different name again. You know, I, I think the, I think you're exactly right with that, Zook. But also, I mean, I don't think we've heard the end of this. I saw an article today saying that there's a database detailing where everyone who owns a car goes. They have scanners set up on roads. They scan license plates, and they know where you travel. They know where you've been. They know where you're going, and they probably can guess where you will go. And so, you know there's still things that are coming out and I don't think we've seen the end of it. If, if, has anyone seen the movie Red? Yeah, I love that yeah. movie. Yes. John Malkovich's character in that suddenly seems to make a lot of sense right now, doesn't he? 
They're all trying to kill us? All of that, you can't use your cell phone because then they flip the chip and they switch the whatever, and then that's how they track you, and then mind probes and microwave. Yeah, he was absolutely crazy, um, but he may have had a point. So, I, I guess good on companies for trying to prove that they didn't that they didn't go along willingly, but still, it it sucks. Speaking is of that, just a I was gonna say, is that just a PR thing now, or I don't know? Yeah, I think so. Um, speaking of Yahoo, Marissa Meyer had some interesting things to say at uh, Yahoo's quarterly earnings report, saying that they have done excellent in the mobile market. Now, that's kind of surprising to the rest of us because I didn't know Yahoo was in the mobile market. Yeah, I didn't either. There's a Yahoo phone? <laughs> that would be the most annoying ringtone ever. Now, I don't know what she's going off of. And, of course, she's giving a evaluation on how she has done in her first year as CEO. I don't know if she really needs to pad herself on the back or pat herself on the back or pat her numbers because the earnings report alone shows that Yahoo is actually doing really well. I mean, well, let, me, let me pull up. Well, that's good. Let me pull up the earnings report. But, yeah, they uh, – they, their income for the last quarter was $137 million, which is up 150% from last time. Wow. That's a big jump. That's a huge jump. Not only are they not losing money, they made all that money back and a half. So Yeah. Good for her. Good for her for being able to turn things around like that. Yeah. Doing what? Not much, but evidently huge in the mobile space. You can't tell. I'm rolling my eyes, but... (laughs) I can hear it. (laughs) I I rolled my eyes so hard they snapped on the mic. Um, I guess this is actually back to the NSA or whatnot, but the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, who usually fight for the rights of the little guy, are suing the Obama administration. I didn't know you could do that. Well, this is America. You can sue anybody for anything. Doesn't mean you're going to win. True. Now, they joined the list, actually, because the um, ACLU is already suing them, uh, saying that the Obama administration was complicit in violation of our constitutional rights with this. Um, They're not wrong. I don't know if you can go after the sitting president for something enacted 13 years ago. Or rather, twelve years ago. I guess you ago. could sue him because he's continuing it, but and yeah, he has. Where's... He has. I, I won't. You know, I, I'm. I'm. Oh, yes, but Democrat myself. But I. I won't lie. Yeah, he totally expanded it. He totally kept it going. He's not guiltless in this. But I don't know. That seems kind of weird. That it just seems weird to me that everyone's surprised that a twelve-year-old spying agency has been spying for twelve years. Well, I, I've got a friend who um, has a position in the government. I, I won't say uh, who he is or, or what he does specifically, but he is an intelligence person. And he told Ta-da, me this. <laughs> yeah. He said this stuff has been going on since ni- the 1970s. So, I mean, it's can you sue the Nixon administration? Nixon's dead. Can you sue his kids? I I don't. I I don't know. Compound interest for the uh, damages done. 
Exactly. But, you know, I do think you can sue to get them to stop something, uh, regardless of who started it. I would think you'd be able to, to do something to make them stop. Hmm. I guess, I guess we'll see where we get, this goes. It probably won't go anywhere, honestly. Um, but go them, I guess. If you've got nothing, we'll got nothing else to it. do. Um, speaking of money, the software industry is finally doing what they threatened to do, I think, a year ago. They're banding together. And by software, I mean like Google, Sony, Apple, Microsoft. Uh, all the tech giants are banding together to try and block revenue generated by piracy sites and their ads. If you are a software pirate, if you're an online pirate and you... Uh, engage in that kind of behavior, the sites where you go to get torrents or download links or whatnot are free to you. However, on the flip side of that, there's a huge amount of ads. That's how they make their money. And I mean, there's a huge amount of ads. It's like the internet circa 1994. <laughs> and so, and anyone old enough to understand what I'm talking about knows exactly what I'm talking about. But so, they're going after the revenue that those ads create for those piracy sites. Basically going after the purse strings. Now, I don't know why it's taken them so long to do this, because this function has worked against terrorists. It worked against Saddam Hussein. It's worked against espionage. The mob? Yeah, it's worked against the mob. I don't know why they're just now catching on to this. Didn't they do this against WikiLeaks, too? Yeah, they did. And you know what? It works, and it doesn't require a court order or anything else. So, I, I guess maybe this will finally work, and we can finally put it to bed and stop hearing about it. Yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant idea. You know, if you're going to try and shut something down, if you make it so they can't operate by taking away their sources of revenue then that's going to be a pretty effective way of shutting them down because obviously taking servers and seizing domains and everything else that they've tried has no impact whatsoever because the sites pop up in a new country on a new domain within hours sometimes. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Um, Chances are very good. We will not be able to report on that uh, because it's a very high chance that they will succeed and we will never hear about it. This is very much a shadow war that they're doing. It's not going to stop 100% of piracy, but it's probably going to hurt it a lot. Oh, yeah. No. Um, speaking of uh, security and piracy and whatnot, I guess a new virus has come out, and it goes by the name of Aquaman. You mean the uh, superhero who everybody laughs at? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I He's already a joke within the comics world, and now he's a malware magnet, I guess. And it's I, I take that back. It's not a, a virus that's named that. It's that they people who are putting out malware and viruses target people trying to download Aquaman stuff. Because evidently they're the most gullible or something. Wow. See, I don't understand that because the CW a few years ago did an Aquaman pilot that can be found in the dark recesses of the internet. But what else is there for Aquaman? I mean, he's always been like Superman's monkey who talks to animals or talks to fish. And it just... 
why? Why would you search for just Aquaman? Who's doing that? It's probably because of that uh, movie that got made around 2007, though. Do you remember the W uh, Warner Brothers made that direct-to-DVD import Aquaman and the Nigerian Prince? <laughs> Sorry, I bad zoo, bad zoo. I know, corner. I know we've been told that we giggle too much on this show, but I just had to. Uh, so we were well, being a little too serious so far. Aquaman actually just barely edged out Mister Fantastic. Uh, he had eighteen point six, and I guess Mister Fantastic is eighteen point two. And then the Hulk is number three, Wonder Woman is four, and Daredevil is five. So, I mean, I can understand people searching for some of these others, but Aquaman, really? Who? Who are you? If you do, let us know. Do you Google Aquaman regularly? Maybe just one guy in the basement somewhere. His computer just is nothing but toolbars and a slow pile of crap. What are you Googling right now? That's the four of us. (laughs) Will Aquaman save the world? Why does Aquaman suck? Oh, I'd imagine there's an entire Tumblr for that, but... Okay, into other superhero news, actually. This one comes to us from the set of uh, the new X-Men movie coming up. Now, for clarification, this is not the new Wolverine movie, but the new X-Men movie, Days of Future Past. And some plot details have been leaked, which basically says that Brian Singer's X-Men series are going to be the most convoluted and... Schmitty actually found an Aquaman Sucks Tumblr. AquamanSucks.tumblr.com <laughs> Furthering my proof, that um, my my theory that as soon as you say something out loud, it pops up on the internet. Don't test it. Google will think yeah, you say, not test it. With ultimate power comes ultimate responsibility. <laughs> it can be voiced by a human. It, it, it exists on the internet. Now, okay, so back to this Days of Future Past. Here's the plot line to, to how we understand it so far. Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat, the one who can phase in and out of material, helps Wolverine go back in time. Because evidently the ability to face through a door also means she can put people back in time. I was going to ask, does she have a DeLorean? Yeah. Um, So he's going back in time. So it's kind of the the sequel to First Class. Meanwhile, while he's under her quote-unquote spell, which is confusing because she's not a witch, she's a mutant, she gets attacked, which sends her to the future. You do need a DeLorean. We've seen this before. <laughs> this is going to be kind of screwed up, especially when you remember that, um, oh, what's her name? Emma Frost is a full-grown adult in first class, but a teenage girl in X-Men Wolverine Origins. Oh, I forgot continuity. about that. Well, you want continuity? Oh, come on. And Scott Summers was a teenager in Wolverine, but he's going to have to be in Days of Future Past in the past. It makes no sense. This is a giant mess. 
Fox, I'm going to give you this one for free. The reason why the other Marvel movies are doing so well is because they're not idiots writing it. (laughs) Are they doing this in conjunction with the Asylum films? (laughs) All, All I know is that this is like some really horrible fanfic that got slipped through. It's like the it's like the whole NTSB confirming the pilots' names. This was written as a joke by someone on the internet. No one realized it, and it's getting pushed through production. Well, are they going to try and pull off some sort of alternate timeline crap? You think that that's what they may be looking at? Well, see, that's what's going to happen is Wolverine's going to go back in the past, and then Nero's going to follow him using the red matter device to try to save Romulus. And uh, But Wolverine has to defeat him before he disappears out of the picture taken of him and his brother while they were camping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chuck Berry and Huey Lewis in the news did the soundtrack, so it should be great. Oh, I love Huey. <laughs> Huey, Louie, and Dewey. <laughs> yeah, there's the song he didn't make. Um, okay, into uh, kind of weird carrier news. So this week, actually, T-Mobile announced their new jump policy that allows you to upgrade your phone more frequently and save money doing so. It's not just a gimmick. It actually works. I'm a T-Mobile subscriber, and using this new policy and their new plan, um, our bill went from $160 a month to 80 Nice. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's a real thing. Uh, hot on the heels of that, uh, Verizon and AT&T decided they want to do the same thing. And they have the same stupid names as Jump. They have, uh, what is it, Next and Edge. Because everyone needs a four-letter word, evidently, to describe the ability to update a phone. So who's going to have Drop? <laughs> that would be the most accurate. <laughs> if you drop your phone, you can upgrade. Uh, Well, here's the problem, is that people have taken a look at their plans, and even though they offer the ability to subsidize the phone and add that to the plan, they're they're not lowering the price of their normal plans at all. So even though you were previously able to subsidize your phone, and that added to your service amount, they're not taking that away. Uh, I'm, I'm screwing this up. Let me explain. Let's say that previously you could get a phone for free and pay $100 a month in service for two years. Well, that phone wasn't actually free. Your carrier paid something for it, and you're paying them back at a certain amount. We'll say $20 a month for two years. That's how a subsidized phone works. By taking away the subsidized phone, T-Mobile's going, okay, well, if we're not subsidizing the phone for you anymore, we're going to lower your bill by $20 a month for two years. And since we're not subsidizing it, we really have no reason to keep you in a contract. So $80 a month. You can leave whenever you want. Downside is you have to buy your phone up front. AT&T and Verizon, however, are going, well, you can buy your phone up front. We're not going to subsidize it anymore. But it's still going to be $100 anyway. If you'd like to subsidize the phone, you can pay an additional $25 a month for two years and lock back onto a contract. So they've basically made an additional $25 a month for two years for free off of you. Now, of course, I'm making up these numbers. The actual numbers will vary depending on what your your contract is and what your service is like. Uh, but sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Not good. Yeah, it's pretty dirty. And... and the ETF fees are are still 
obscene. In fact, they're more obscene now than they were. Um, they these these two carriers just made me want to jump to T-Mobile really bad by instituting this. Too bad Verizon has just such an awesome network. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, into SimCity news, because we haven't ragged on them enough lately. Uh, it turns out SimCity's creative director and two of their animation specialists have fled uh, from the project. They hate what EA has done, and they have left. Not to be the only ones, the NCAA has also ended its contract, its longtime contract with EA Games. Uh, the next NCAA title will be the last one. Which is scary for EA because EA is nothing if not sports games. And actually, there's a lot of sports people who either they love them or they hate them. It almost sounds like Zoner. Uh, I, I, I was so happy when I saw this because I realized that if the developers from Maxis are so pissed off with what EA has done that they're leaving and they're actually starting their own company. They're going to start doing mobile games, which is just amazing. I, I'm excited at the prospect of what, they, what they'll what they bring to us. But if these guys are so upset that they're leaving, then obviously I'm vindicated in my rage for them. And I still right. haven't played SimCity. <laughs> okay, um... And our last headline is actually, I don't know quite how to feel about this. We kind of knew this was going to happen when Disney bought Marvel, but we didn't know it was going to happen like this. An upcoming episode scheduled to happen, I think, the end of August is going to have the Avengers join forces with Phineas and Ferb. What? But I like Phineas and Ferb, and so far the trailer looks awesome. So I'm really conflicted about this. It's it's going to be amazing. Phineas and Ferb are great. I've got kids. They love them. I watch it with my kids. It's it's an entertaining show. Is it a cheap cash out? You betcha. Is it going yep. to be an, Yes. <laughs> is it going to be an entertaining one? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I so. uh, I'm excited. I have for an entire it. rant on this, but I don't think we have time for it. You should write it on the site stolendroids.com. Uh, don't tempt me. I probably will. So what's the next couple of weeks? Do it. Do uh, it. Now. All right. <laughs> Into our fast lane, I will start off. Uh, researchers have given MIT's newest AI, ConceptNet 4, a comprehensive IQ test to see how well it performs. Though they found that it could access a lot of data very quickly, it couldn't draw that data to make a conclusion. Overall, they said that current AI is at about the same level as a four-year-old's intellect. Considering how moody my four-year-old was, that doesn't make me feel real great about the coming robot apocalypse. DreamWorks is releasing a new movie about WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange called The Fifth Estate. It looks rather boring and uninteresting. It probably won't do very... Oh, wait. It stars Benedict Gumberbatch? Okay, yeah, I'll probably go see it. California's Department of Transportation lost over $2 million in a scam by one person. In a deal to reduce his sentence, the thief made a deal to give back everything he could that he got from the money, including two homes, two cars, and $10,000 worth of Star Wars gear. No one knows what the Department of Transportation plans to do with all those action figures, but the people in the area might want to start watching those classifieds for an awesome deal. And every year, North Korea attacks South Korea in some sort of way as a 
way to commemorate, quote-unquote, the start of the Korean War. After hacking South Korean sites for a while and not getting very far, they decided to blame Anonymous for the attacks. The problem with this is, everyone knows that Anonymous typically attacks North Koreans instead. Isn't it time someone took away North Korea's computer time? All right. Uh, we have, again, the special interview for you with Dan Farr of Salt Lake Comic Con. So that's going to be our talking point right after the break. Hey, this is Jonathan Colton, and you're listening to Stolen Droids Podcast. Or is it the Stolen Droids Podcast? I don't know. <laughs> hey, this is Zook, and I'm here with Zoner, and we are pleased to present to you uh, Dan Farr, president of Dan Farr Productions, and uh, the... The real organizer and the man, the man behind Salt Lake Comic Con, Dan. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, it is a true honor. Now, uh, you've heard us talking about on the podcast now for weeks. Salt Lake Comic Con. Salt Lake Comic Con is coming uh, the first weekend in September uh, down at the Salt Lake Expo Center. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, in Sandy. So it, technically, I guess it's the Sandy uh, Expo Center. Right, right off. Call it Southtown. <laughs> right Southtown off State Expo Street. Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I should get that address correct so people don't show up at the Salt Palace or something. But this yeah, is yeah. don't want to do that. This is our first one. Yes, it is. Oh. Uh, you know, I know there's been some comic book convention type uh, events and you know just some really fun other events that they've had here. But uh, something at this scale and, uh, you know, with the number of celebrities and the number of artists and comic book creators and everything gathered together, you know, this is, uh, you know, truly the first Salt Lake Comic Con for, uh, for that event. I, I know. And it, I, I have to admit, when I heard that we were getting a Comic Con, I was kind of skeptical because we have had other conventions and they've all kind of been lower or low key. And that's fine. But to attach the name Comic-Con to it, it was going to have to be big. And your first few announcements of just who you were getting here kind of blew away all expectations. How, how, are, how have you been managing to plan this for us? Well, um, for me, I, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time visiting other Comic-Cons in, in other cities to try to understand what makes them tick. I, I actually got involved in Comic-Con events with a, a company I founded called Daz 3D, which is a 3D um, digital 3D models and 3D animation software business. And, and we would exhibit at Comic-Cons to show comic book artists the benefits of using 3D tools to illustrate their books. And uh, that got me started in the Comic-Con. And it's just really... Anybody that's been to them before, they know that it's a it's a bug. You know, you you go to one, and if you have any sort of interest in in pop culture and media, you get hooked right away. And so, I was always looking for excuses, and then I think for for me the the excuse of putting on a Salt Lake Comic Con is the best excuse to be able to uh, rationalize going to a lot of other comic cons um and in doing that I, I i learned a lot about how they're running i i've got a you know i had the chance to meet with many of the show managers and the uh talent reps and and even you know i, I sat down with bruce campbell for about 35 40 minutes and he was telling me his his secrets on comic con and that was just pretty fun because I, I told him i was looking at doing one and and he was nice enough to spend some time with me. Um, unfortunately, his schedule does not permit 
him to be in attendance this year, but we'll get him. I, I really believe we'll get Bruce Campbell at another event. Uh, you Tongs do like Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah that was going to be my question. So is he going to be here? <laughs> he would have. He's going to be traveling, though. So I, I think we'll get him uh, down the road. Now, you did manage to announce probably the worst-kept secret amongst Utah geeks, but just today you announced uh, local author Larry Correa, uh, who's a friend of our of the program. We've had him on here, uh, author of Monster Hunter International and the uh, Hard Magic, the Grim Noir series. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting, too. So you have some locals in there as well. You know, we, we definitely did not want to overlook the local talent. Um, from a show manager, it makes it easier when they're here, of course, but uh, at the same time, we feel it's important to bring in a lot of fresh talent that people haven't had the opportunity to meet with uh, before. And so it's it's kind of a, a balance. But but clearly, you know, having Comic Con in, in our backyard here, we don't want to overlook some of the, the amazingly talented people that we happen to have. You know, that that headline other shows around the nation that. You know, we better make sure that we uh, pay attention to him. So, so yeah, we, we're grateful for him and the others that are that are joining us. Very, very cool. Now, um, you have an added benefit, and I noticed this that last year we were really bummed we didn't make it into the Geeks Expo. Um, ah, and we noticed that you have partnered with them to help bring a broader audience, uh, which we thought was really, really smart. Kind of able to by by going to this, you're able to hit two birds with one stone, as it were. That, that's exactly right. I mean, there, there were a lot of fans with the Geek Expo that uh, were hoping to see another event, and just circumstances had kind of kept it from happening uh, again yet, or or um, you know until we brought this. But it really was a synergy because. The Geeks Expo, Media One had put in a lot of investment in growing the show, and they had a, a pretty good following to start with. And having that as a baseline to build on is was critical to be able to to actually get the celebrities to sign on, to get the artists that we have signing on, and everything. We had to show that there was some momentum because when people hear a first year show, they have no idea is, is there going to be you know, a hundred people there, or there's, is there going to be 50,000? You know, they, they really, you know, they, the guests and, and the vendors and everybody, they just don't know how well the show will do. And so having the geeks as a, let, let's say a foundation to build on really helped to convince the, uh, you know, the partners that I brought on that, that, Hey, that this has some substance. And then that led to booking the right celebrities. And once we started booking some celebrities, it brought in more vendors and brought in more sponsoring partners and and it became you know just a, a forward moving momentum circle of uh, of success on this and you know we're still not done now announcing um, our guests for the event there's still some other fun ones that we'll we'll be announcing we're hoping you know we had the uh, misfortune of Losing Jonathan Frakes to uh, a wedding, uh, you know. Apparently, Patrick Stewart decided to get married on our, on our weekend. So, Jonathan Frakes uh, from Star Trek has, uh, you know, he 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 backed out out of the event. But um, I guess William Shatner didn't get invited, and he's going to be here here with us. But we're we're hoping that all the guests that we have lined up are you know able to stick with us to the end, and then we also can bring in some other um, good guests as well. 
That, that's really kind yeah. of inconsiderate, considering that uh, Patrick Stewart's a knight. You know, he really should have yeah. checked that weekend first. Well, what he should have done is should have just had the wedding here. I mean, if we could have done that, if we would have pulled that off, we would have had all of the next generation cast. Then we would have had, uh, um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name that, uh, that that's going to marry them. Uh, Gandalf. Who, who's, Ian, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Oh, dude, Magneto is going to be. <laughs> yeah. So if but, we, that would have been, you know, that would have been an accomplishment if we could have pulled that off. I'm pretty sure Salt Lake City would have like exploded into the void or something if we had that much awesome all happening all at once. It would have been crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that we we could. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think we could handle it. Now, you've you mentioned that you still have some some awesome guests lined up. Uh, any any hints you want to give us at this point, or don't want to jinx well, it yet? Well, I, I guess it's not a jinx. I mean, if I, I, oh, we put him on the I spot. I would say that, that – what's that? Yeah, no, it, it's kind of fun. I mean, I, I always like playing the hint game on things. You know, I, I just – I try to think of the hints that are just aren't too obvious. People, oh, duh, you know, but uh, we – I would say – What about – will, will Captain Tight Pants be in attendance? How's that for vagueness? Captain Tight Pants. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, because I'm not. I'm actually not getting that one. I, you know, that's my problem. Is I, Captain? Oh, okay. okay. Oh, we'll ha- we'll have to edit that out, or the brown coats will stop listening. Yes, oh, yeah? they will. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, the, I know that there was a push uh, a few months ago, month ago maybe. I don't know to get Nathan Fillion in attendance. Yeah. Which, who who is Captain Tight Pants, by the way? Okay. Um, I thought maybe you're going. I just have never heard that reference, Captain Tightpads. It's it's a Firefly thing. So yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I I uh, I, I would love to have someone like you know. I, I was talking on the phone today um, to Manu Bennett. I was just talking to him about some of the things we're doing, and he said, you know, you should really you should get Summer Glau there. She's really fun. You know. Uh, she she was on Firefly, I believe, wasn't she? She was yes. uh, she was yes, Firefly, she was. right? Yeah, she, she she was River, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, right. Okay. You should actually. Pr- I, I would say of anyone on that cast, you'd probably want to get Adam Baldwin, so he and Larry Korea can start. A- we we try to get Adam. I, ah. I would love Adam there, but he he's he said he wouldn't do it because he's filming, and uh, we'll get him again. He he he's fun. He, he'd be a great guy. I mean, I'd, I'd like to get him and Kevin together, Kevin Sorbo. Because they're, they're buddies, and um, you know, I, I like I like bringing in the people that are acquainted with each other and they're they're friends because it I, I think it adds a lot more, especially after the event, because many of them like to just kind of hang out and and uh, meet with people. So you know that that's something that uh, I, I'd kind of hope with Adam Baldwin. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll have to save him for the next one. That is something to look forward to, isn't it? It's like, you know, it, it, I think a lot of people are here are kind of worried that this is going to be a one-shot deal. If we don't succeed now, there's never going to be another one. Uh, and it is a concern because it feels like we've waited so long for a, for a legitimate con. Uh, we, yeah. we had, we've mentioned before that there are some other local ones, and I won't name names. Uh, sure. We were kind of involved with another one where it, it felt less like a con and more like a bunch of people in costumes all decided to congregate at once, like a flash mob. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the visions of that kind of flew 
through everyone's head again, but then you started saying, no, 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 we're at an actual expo center. We have guests. We are legit and we are here. And it's just taken off like wildfire. I totally didn't expect, but all the different clicks, if you want to call them that, all the Whovians are coming together going, ooh, uh, let's put money on a a Doctor Who guest. And all the Battlestar fans are saying, oh, awesome, we got Richard Hatch. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. And and so it's just all the different subgenres and all the different groups and clicks are coming out praying for someone to represent them. And it's it's really fun to see. I, I can't put it any better way. It's just really fun to see it all come together like this. Well, and that, that term come together, I mean, that's really what Comic-Con has become is is this kind of melting pot of of different fan groups and, you know, uh, just genres. You know, we even have like a, uh, we're going to do a ghost hunt. So we have some paranormal people that are going to be there. And you kind of say paranormal Comic-Con, but why not? You know, because... Because there's people, I, what I find is that if people are, have a tendency to become a fan of one thing, they're not, you know, it's not like they just, hey, that Star Wars fans can't be Star Trek fans or vice versa, or like you said, Firefly or Doctor Who or whatever. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, people that if they tend to like one thing a really lot, you know, a lot, they like other things a lot. And uh, I, I think that's what we've, um, try to do is is take a uh, broad approach to offering a lot of you know something for everyone i, I know, think I, the paranormal thing will go over well with the uh, ghostbuster contingent we have up in north county yeah exactly <laughs> you know i think though as well dan that geeks are passionate and we're somewhat obsessive and i, I don't know if that's because we have obsessive personalities or what but when we get our hands into something and get an interest in something it's really hard to let go and we just go and it it could be everything you know and so I, yeah. I think the coming together thing is just I think it's awesome I just hope we don't end up having like like rival warfare going on on the con floor you know the Whovians going after the Trekkies and whatnot. I don't, I don't know I, don't, I think a geek con West Side Story would be an awesome yeah. thing on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny idea. Yeah. But I I got to say, you know, when I've been at other cons, and especially the ones where you see the the people that are in costume, because it, there, there's some Comic-Cons you go to, and, you know, a very small percentage of the people are wearing costumes, and they're just there to see, maybe they're there to see the celebrities. I don't know what brought them there, but the other ones where there's just, there's so many people in costume, I just got a kick out of when I was in WonderCon earlier this year in Anaheim, just looking at just the variety, you know, everybody was hanging out in the plaza and they were just, it's like heroes and villains and, you know, just everything. Everybody was just all kind of hanging out and friendly with each other. So I, I don't, I would be really surprised to see if there was any sort of uh, negative vibes, um, amongst any of the groups because I, I think they did realize that hey the, this is our time that we can all get along <laughs> right right so. well we're, we're running up on time here so let's make sure we get all the vital stats out um, if you have sure. not had a chance to go by the Salt Lake Comic Con website you must do so saltlakecomiccon.com Comic Con spelled with two C's in the middle there uh, you can get a list of everyone who's currently been announced and the list is too comprehensive to do now <laughs> But let's just yeah. say they have the original. You guys got the dynamic duo. I can't believe we that. Do. And a Robin. Yes. I, and, I uh, saw that on the news and it just blew my mind. 
Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, and 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 uh, for the hint, I, let's say that uh, if if you look at the dark side of a very popular series, that there happens to be two dark characters, and we have one of them signed up already. Um, oh, you know that actor that uh, I, I, on the I'm, dark side. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching. I'm, I'm catching what you're throwing. Yeah, I, I, I've so. I've got some ideas here. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, complete the dark side. How's that? I like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you would blow everyone's collective mind. Uh, yeah, I uh, hope so, so we're looking at September fifth, uh, sixth, and seventh. It's the first weekend there. Yes, this year at uh, the Southtown Expo Center. Now tickets are still on sale. However. And we need to clarify this because I think I've been screwing it up when I've been announcing it. And you've, you, in our little pre-show, you kind of told us there's some confusion. Saturday is yes. sold out, but that doesn't yes, mean Saturday you can't come only. Saturday. So if you want to buy tickets just for Saturday, it's sold out. Right. But if you buy the three-day pass, which is really just an awesome deal, you right. can still come in Saturday. And really, you should get the three-day pass. I, I would suggest that highly because if, if you want to, if there's like William Shatner, he's going to be there Saturday only. And so if you want to go and spend your time collecting the other autographs, you know, going and meeting or doing your photo ops with other people leading up to that, that leaves you Saturday to make sure you have some flexibility so you can have the opportunity to, to, uh, to buy an autograph or to buy a photo op from William Shatner. So I I would I would say yeah the three day there's a lot to see even if you don't spend every waking minute there if you spend you know a fair amount of time then maybe take off and come back the next day you're going to be grateful that you did excellent and of course we're going to be there too and you wouldn't want to miss us you know yes <laughs> the, the or headline. maybe you would because you know uh-huh. we're we're yeah. stolen droids and. Well, Not I could, attractive. I could either see William Shatner or those guys on the podcast. Hmm. We won't be offended. <laughs> we promise. Yeah. All right. They could do both. There's good. There has to be time for you for your, them to see William Shatner and you. How's that? We'll just have Stark do his Shatner impression. That'll be good enough. Yeah. Dan, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts, not just for coming on the air with us, but for making this a reality for us. It's definitely what Utah's needed. If you're not in the Utah area, but you're nearby, come in anyway. We have a lot of great hotels down in that area. It's worth the travel. I mean, heck, if you travel to Dragon Con, this is way better than that. So we want to really encourage everyone to come out, uh, show some pride, uh, and show their support. So, Dan, thank you so much again. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys. Uh give me the chance to to share some thoughts with you. This is David Nett from Gold and you're listening to Stolen Droids Podcast. Should it be The Stolen Droids? It's just Stolen Droids, right? All right. And uh, again, we want everyone to go ahead over to saltlakecomiccon.com. Check that out. Be sure to buy your tickets uh, before they run out again because they will. This is going to be huge and we are thrilled to be there. Uh, Again, saltlakecomiccon.com. Check it out. Into our favorites this week. Um, my favorite comes to you, uh, I, I found this on Kotaku. I think I'm just waiting for every news outlet to do this. What we found here is a video game reviewer who likes to eat hot chilies. He takes the hottest chili he can find, eats it whole, and then tries to get through the game review like that. Uh, 
you just love to watch his pain. Now, I know this is a cheap way to uh, get viewership when his normal review would by itself would be boring, but I can't help but be drawn in. I want to see Fox News do this. I would start watching Fox News if they did this. So go ahead, check it out. It's hilarious to watch. And Shark Week is almost here. Starts up August 4th, I believe. Uh, My favorite is a video promoting Shark Week uh, in which you see a news reporter covering the release of a baby seal back into the ocean which is then promptly consumed by a shark a lot of people are saying that this ad has gone too far and that it's inhumane and promotes baby seal eating i guess i don't know except that it's happened in real life it's based on a real story yeah and so it's it's just straight up awesome i loved it Uh, so check it out all right, so my favorite comes from documentary filmmaker Shem von Schroek, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your last name, but he actually sent me a demo reel of a documentary he is working on for the Star Trek original series episode, The Doomsday Machine. And I will tell you this much, for someone who loves a lot of Star Trek minutia and trivia and behind-the-scenes information, just this 20-minute demo reel alone has a ton of information in it. He's actually hoping to gather enough uh, funding and uh, publicity from this to go ahead and uh, be able to complete this project. And actually, from what I've seen, I would really like to see a completed uh, film on this. Very cool. Cool. Uh, My favorite uh, comes from um, the uh, Connecticon Connecticon, last weekend. Connecticon. That it sounds like darn a de- sea. It's not silent. It sounds like a Decepticon the way you said it. Connecticons. <laughs> um, Jim Cummings of of uh, Disney's Winnie the Pooh, um, and uh, he read part of the script of Star Wars, uh, where Darth Vader is entering um, is boarding Princess Leia's ship, um, and he does he does the voice of Darth or he he reads Darth Vader's lines in the voice of Winnie the Pooh. It's hilarious. Uh, he, I think he does Rabbit's voice as well. Um, and Darkwing and Ducks, it's, it's, yeah. And Darkwing Ducks, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. So Very cool, and that's... Yeah, that was going to be my favorite, but someone yoinked it out for me at the last minute. Thanks a lot, Schmitty. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right, well, that is our show this week. Again, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, give a shout-out to them. Go ahead, go buy tickets. You want to see us there. You want to see everyone else. St- come out and support the community. Uh, until next time, though, th- cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.